0: In the Old Testament, God raised up incredible heroes to accomplish His plan on Earth. Oftentimes they are portrayed as superhuman and near-perfect, when in reality, they were normal, everyday men and women with strengths and weaknesses just like everyone else. In this series, CMC's pastors will share the stories of these heroes of faith and what we can learn from them as we pursue God's call on our lives. Join lead pastor Tim Brooks as he teaches on Joshua. And this is our fourth lesson. And in this fourth lesson, we want to look at Joshua. Uh, Just a quick recap of history. Get us all up to speed on a history lesson. God cut a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. You know, God was looking for a people who would fight a wicked, immoral, ungodly, heathenistic culture, And lift up train teach and and implement godliness in this world and without God having a holy people no one would know what God was like and so when God doesn't have any people on this earth then everybody is godless I mean that's what you have and we have a godless society, a godless world, a heathenistic world. I mean, we were, we, we were eating our, our children, cannibals, the incest. The, the, the immorality is beyond comprehension when you become a godless society. So God is always looking for a people that will instill his way of life that works. And that's what God's looking for, a holy people. That would be Abraham and his descendants, the Hebrews. We were called the Israelites, God's chosen. That was the group of people that was going to portray God's image into the world and whip out all of the ungodliness in this world. Because of a famine, God's light, God's, God's holy image, People moved to Egypt, and over the next four hundred years, became slaves of the Egyptians. And this turned God's light out in the world. His character, his image, his way of life, his holiness, his holy character was removed. And so, the world became a totally heathenistic culture. That that's beyond comprehension how bad mankind can get when you totally remove God and godliness out of a society. In God's timing, he raised up a deliverer. In Moses and in the exodus from Egypt, God showed us a very clear blueprint of what he would do Some 2,000 years later when he sent Jesus. So the exodus from Egypt was a real picture of our exodus from sin. Moses was a real picture of a deliverer that Jesus would come in and follow that blueprint. Numbers chapter 13. Moses led the group out of Egypt to the camp in Paran. He chose one leader... From each of the 12 tribes, he sent them, in chapter 13, verse 1, he sent them to explore the land. I mean, go in and explore the land. That was the command. Okay, we read in chapter 13, verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Gev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there like descendants of Anak. Next to them we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives, our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? They plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground, the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored out the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely to the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. The whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. All right, here Joshua burst on the scene. He was one of 12 men that was chosen to explore the land that God had already said he was going to give to them. Just go and explore this. So 10 of the 12, 10 of the 12, chapter 13, verse 27, this was their report. We entered the land that you sent us. We checked it out. Oh, flows of milk and honey. It's great. Oh, my, but the people are large. I mean, power, their towns are fortified. We saw giants in there, the Amalekites, Hittites. Oh, my goodness, it's just, just awful. Joshua and Caleb, oh, time out, time out. Hold on, guys. Let me, let me, we're well able to go and get it. Verse 31, the other moon explored out the land, disagreed. Oh, we can't go up against them. And then they go on and give this bad report. Joshua and Caleb are the two guys that stood to be different. Now, here's the difference. Ten of the spies, and it says the whole community, everybody, everybody. Chapter 14, verse 3. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives, our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better if we just go back to Egypt? No regard for the power of God. No regard for God's word that he had spoken to them. No regard for the presence of God and what that enables you to do. Chapter 14, verse 6. Two of the men explored out the land, Joshua and Caleb. Oh, they said, guys, guys. These people, verse 9, have no protection. See, we see Joshua and his partner, Caleb, regardless of everybody else. And if you've got a teenager, you hear this, everybody's doing it. Oh, come on, Dad. Everybody's going to that party. Everybody's doing it. Everybody is saying it. Well, everybody thinks. Well, Tim, you're going to have to change your sermons because the culture today, everybody today thinks. Well, everybody believes Well, I hear this all the time. Well, Tim, the whole world can't be wrong. Well, Joshua is willing to go against everybody. Now, look at this. The other 10 spies and the entire community buy into this. Joshua is willing to go against the modern-day culture. He's willing to go against the modern-day thinking. He's willing to go against the majority's opinion. He didn't care what the majority vote was. You do what God says. You you do what God says, and you follow God's word, and you live your life like God says to live it, regardless if anybody goes with you. Let me tell you, each day you're faced with decisions. Each day you're faced with reactions, you're faced with a response. Do you see yourself in light of God and his word? Or do you see yourself in your situation independent of God and his word? I hear Christians tell me, oh Tim, my my, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what our kids will do. I don't know how our kids will ever afford a house. I don't know. Are you seeing yourself independent of the power of God? See, are you seeing your situation independent of the power of God? As you're worrying over your kids, you got to know God is on your side in this thing. you got to know God is able to help you overcome, help you push through, help you accomplish, help you conquer. And we can't live life without an awareness that God is with us. Chapter 13, verse 31, the other men had explored out the land with them disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land through Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who lives there. All the people we saw were huge. Verse 33, I want all of you to see this. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. This is so hold your place. Put your finger right there. Flip over to Joshua chapter 2, verse 8. Now, we sent some spies back in. It's sometime later. We've got them over at Rahab's house. Chapter 2, verse 8. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. "Look at this. Would you look at this? We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror. For we've heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. We know what you did to Shion, Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of heaven above all the earth. Hold your place there. Go back to Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, we saw giants, all oh, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we fell like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. That didn't even close to what they thought. L- look at that. What they thought was, we're scared, spitless of these people. God's on their side. Let me tell you what God's done in their life. Let me tell you what's happening for them. Let me tell you, we are so scared we can't even muster up a fight. But here's the bad report. You get, just look at that. Flip here, flip over there. Read this, read that. Here's what the people thought. See, Joshua understood that the majority can be wrong. Well, Tim, everybody can't be wrong. Well, they usually are. Tim, you got to change your sermons and get with the times. They usually are wrong. That's not what America needs to do. That's not the direction we need to take. Let me tell you the way we need to go. Well, everybody, they all feel, well, that couldn't be further from the truth. That just could not be further from the truth. See, Joshua understood everybody. Oh, Dad, everybody's doing it. See, Joshua understood everybody. Well, they're all going to that party. Joshua understood what was going to happen at that party that they were all going. See, Joshua understood The vast majority can be wrong. And as we study Joshua, the question that that I want to ask is Are you swayed by what everybody is doing? Are you swayed by what everybody is saying? Are you swayed by the decisions everybody is making? Or do you stand on God's word? Do you stand on God's word? on this is the way God says to live, on this is the lifestyle we're supposed to live, this is the way that we've got to run this home and this family. If every home and every family runs it different, here's the way we have to operate here. See, are we swayed by what everybody says, or can we stand on God's Word? See, a holy life sides with God on every issue. Now, as we study Joshua on what a holy life looks like, Here's another question. When you walk into the room and give your report, now when you walk in and give your report, whether that be you're reporting on the weather outside, you're reporting on the economy, you're reporting on the availability of jobs, When you're reporting on the condition of our country, when you're reporting on health, when you're reporting on the health or the flu season that we're, when you are giving your report and we walk in and we walk over the coffee pot and here we go with our report. Here's what I'm asking you Are people encouraged? Are they motivated? Are people inspired? Or do you cause their heart to melt with your report? When you're given a report, oh, this weather its awful outside. I'm so sick of rain. I'm just about to die with all this. Just keep talking. Maybe all of us in the office will kill ourselves. I'm so thrilled the boss hired you and what you provide every morning when you walk in. When you're giving your report on the weather, when you're, oh, I tell you, I think we're all going to die of the flu. It's, when you're giving your report, do you cause everybody in the office's heart to melt? Or do you cause everybody to be encouraged and motivated? Teen Challenge guys, you're giving your report. You give a report all the time. I tell you that, Greg, I mean, hey, you giving your report on Brother Greg. Are folks motivated? Are they encouraged? Are they inspired? I mean, when you give a report on the administration down at Teen Challenge, when you come out of being talked to, you know those little talks they pull you in have we? When you come out and you give a report of what happened in there, is everybody motivated? Man, these guys. These guys here at this place love us. These men in here are laying their life down for us, and I'm going to do better. See, is your report of what just happened in the office in there, does it encourage? Does it motivate? Does it inspire? Or does it melt everybody's heart around you? That's always a choice. See, 10 spies melted everybody's heart. Two spies want to encourage people and say, we're well able to overcome this. Here's what I'm telling you. We're a negative thinking world. We tend to be negative. We tend to go to the negative, And you have to work overtime to give a good report. You have to guard your mouth to give a positive report, to say something good, to say something encouraging. When you give your report, do you cause people to rebel against God? See, these ten spies came and gave their report, and the whole community rebelled against God. When you finish talking and giving your speech, giving your little spill right here, are people closer to God, or do you cause people to rebel against God? Let me, let me just phrase it like this. When you come in, do you suck the life out of the room? Let, let me just get, break this down. Do you suck the very life out of the room when you walk in? Well, Tim, I'm tell you what, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say it's beautiful and sunny when it's been raining for three days. I'm not going to lie about it. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. Number 13, the ten spies and the two spies saw the very same thing. They saw the same giants. They saw the same fortified cities. The ten spies and the two spies saw exactly the same economic report. They saw exactly the same flu conditions. They saw exactly the same weather and pattern. They saw exactly this. Come on, the spies saw exactly the same thing. The difference is two of them understood God was on my side. Two of them understood God was going to see me through whatever it is I'm dealing with, and they gave a report out of the fact that the Lord is with me. The Lord, Are you given a report outside of God being with you, or do you evaluate what you saw through the eyes of the Lord is with me? The Lord is with you, and that has to filter every report that you give. The people, because they listened to the ten and not the two, rebelled against the Lord. And the consequences of that, for 40 years, they wandered in a circle in the wilderness. For 40 years. All you guys from Teen Challenge. You can, for 40 more years, wander in the wilderness in a circle. And that's you can spend your life and you can die right there in the wilderness. Or... Or you can walk in to the promised land and live a life that flows with milk and honey. You can walk in and live a life of blessings, of peace, of joy, of prosperity. Or you can, with a bad attitude, you can just go in a circle in that wilderness. That's going to be up to you. That's just going to be up to you and the choice that you make. Here we go, Joshua chapter 1. The end of Deuteronomy, Moses We don't hear from Joshua. He burst on the scene here in Numbers 13. Forty years, we wandered in a circle. End of Deuteronomy, Moses dies now. God needs a man. Moses dies, the last chapter of Deuteronomy, God needs a man. Who does God pick? When God is looking for somebody to work through, when God is looking for somebody to work through, who does God pick? See, we're looking at what a holy life looks like this year. That's our theme. God chooses somebody who chooses Him. See, God picks somebody who picks God. That's, that's what God is looking See, God is going to choose somebody who will see life through their covenant with God. That's who God picks. Here's what you can know. If you go with the culture today, if you go with what's popular today, if you go with the way everybody else is thinking, you will die circling in the wilderness. That's where your life will be lived. Going around and around the same circle. Same mountain, you'll go around that same mountain, you'll be in Teen Challenge and you'll be in every other center a hundred more times for the next 40 years. Just same deal. It's going right around a circle your whole life. God's looking for somebody who's going to look to Him. God's looking for somebody who is tired of all this mess, who don't want to go that way, and who wants to hear from God and see life like God sees it. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses' assistant, he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving you. All right, let's read it. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go we're looking for characteristics of a holy life we're looking at these old testament characters and we are learning characteristics that we need to make sure is in our life let's look verse 6 through verse 9 strong strong courageous look obedient to god does not deviate to the right or to the left. Study God's Word all the time. Meditate God's Word. Doesn't walk in fear and does not let discouragement get a hold of them. Doesn't let discouragement get a hold of them. You gotta walk in courage. I, I don't know, I just looked up that word courage in the dictionary just a few minutes ago. The word courage means fearless. It means you don't have any fear. You're fearless. That's what courage means. Let me tell you the definition of fear. The definition of fear believes what you cannot see will come to pass. That's what fear is. It believes what you cannot see will come to pass. Now let me give you the definition of faith. Faith believes what you cannot see will come to pass. Well, Tim, I just can't believe in that faith. I can't live by faith. Well, then you're living by fear. See, fear believes what you can't see is going to come to pass. Faith believes what you can't see is going to come to pass. The only difference is, is the source. The devil wants to put fear in your life and you be led by fear. Tim, I just can't live by faith. Well, then you're living by fear. See, the devil wants to put fear in your life and God wants to put faith in your life. And both of those things a belief that what you cannot see is going to come to pass faith is from God fear is from the devil faith empowers you to move forward in this life faith empowers you to move forward in your business move forward in your health move forward in your finances move forward in your marriage faith empowers you to move forward through the difficult times in life fear causes you to withdraw cause you to withdraw and pull in. Fear causes you not to go on. Fear causes you to quit. Fear is how the devil keeps us from possessing what God has for us. See, God gave them the promised land. That was a done deal. But fear kept them from possessing it. See, God has given you a blessed life. God has given you a good life, but if you continue to live in fear, fear will keep you from possessing what God has already given you you got to live strong, courageous, obedient, not deviating to the right or the left. You study God's Word, you meditate God's Word. Joshua chapter 3, let's move on. Forty years later, all those who had rebelled against God died in the wilderness. They arrive at the bank of the Jordan River. And chapter 3, verse 2. Three days later, the Israelite officers went to the camp. Giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Follow God. That's Joshua's instructions. You follow God. What do you do? You follow God. When you see God move, you follow God. Verse 5. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourself. Get right with God. That's what our theme here in this church is this year. A holy generation. We're pursuing some holiness in here. Let's purify ourselves. Let's get right with God. Now look at this, verse 5. Get right with God and watch God now I love verse 5 you get your life right with God and you watch God work wonders on your behalf says we get our life right with God as we purify ourselves verse 5 you just watch God he's going to do wonders among you in your life in your business, in your relationships, in your home, you just get your life right with God, and you just watch it. Now, here is a picture of the life of faith. Here is a picture for us of the life of faith. See, too many folks think a life of faith is laying on the couch, just waiting on God to do something for them. You're gonna starve to death, laying on the couch, waiting on God to feed you. You gonna starve, laying on the couch, waiting on God to pay your bills. Here, let me just show you, faith is not laying on the couch waiting on God to do something for you. Here is a picture of faith, verse 8. Give this command to the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. You step out first. See, we got a lot of folks waiting on God. Hey, well, I'm waiting on God to get me a job. I'm waiting on God to get me a house. I'm waiting on God. So I'm waiting on God. I'm just, what, I'm just waiting on You take the first step here. You take the first step. When you take the first step, then you watch God. Here's what I'm telling you you, get, you start sending out some resumes, you send out job bids. You send off for college applications. You get you a realtor and start looking for you a house. You look for a place to move your business in to expand it. See, you get out here and you, verse 13, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord from all the earth. Get this, as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream and the river is going to stand still like a wall. When did God do a miracle? When they stepped in the water. When did God move on your behalf when you stepped in the water? When did God open a door for you when you got up there and started knocking on it? See, when did God make a way for you? When did God open up a job for you when you started sending out resumes and knocking on the doors? See, but we're waiting. See, we got this idea that a life of faith is laid on the couch and I'm just trusting God. A life of faith is you taking the first step and then God will come in and you'll see wonders happen in your life you got to step. Look, at, look The key is in verse 13. God is not doing wonderful miracles in your life because your feet are on the couch. Get in the water. You get in the water and you watch God expand your business. You get in the water and you watch God bring blessings in your life. Let's read on verse 14. So the people left the camp to cross the Jordan. The priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season. The Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying... See, the Ark of the Covenant is the presence of God. See, you've got the presence of God with you. God is with you. You're carrying the presence of God with you. And you step in the water. When you step in the water, the Ark... Touched the water at the river's edge. The water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, and the water. I wish I could teach on that. I mean, don't don't. My goodness, all the way. God made a way, all the way through the sins of Adam. For I can't teach on that. I'm just teaching on Joshua, the water below that point, flowed on the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. All the people crossed over into Jericho, verse 17. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed. As the people passed, they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Church, this was Joshua's thinking. This was Joshua's leadership. This was Joshua's mindset. You want God to do something in your life, get out of your tent, get a hold of the presence of God, and step into the flowing river. Oh, what if I don't get hired? What if I don't get accepted? What if I don't get an answer? What if I don't have enough money? What A holy life, a holy generation, are people who see life through the power of God, who will get a hold of God's presence, and who will step out. Who will step out. I, I just I don't I don't have time to teach all that there is in Joshua. I, I don't have time to go into all of this. Here's what I'm telling you. You follow God. You follow God. You follow God regardless of popular opinion, regardless of all of the buddies that are with you. There was 12 guys working on this crew together. All ten of them decided this was right. And Joshua and Caleb said, this isn't the way we need to go. Regardless of the numbers that are against you, regardless of the decisions other people are making, you stand on God's word to you. You stand on God's word to you. We just don't have time to get into all, all of this. But, but if we went on, chapter 4, verse 14 says, The Lord made Joshua a great leader. Why did God make Joshua a great leader? See, when I read the Lord made Joshua a great leader, see, that doesn't sit good with me. I want to know why did he make Joshua a great leader, because I want to know why. Why did he make Joshua a great leader? Does God show favoritism? Does God just have his favorites? No, no, no. God is always looking for somebody who is strong, courageous, that won't deviate, that walks in obedience, that studies His Word, that meditates His Word to make a great leader out of, to show His power through. God's always looking for a great leader, and that opportunity is always available for whosoever will. Y'all stand. Lord, tonight we thank You for Your Word to us As we study Joshua's life. Lord, this isn't just a Bible study or just some words to say on Wednesday night. But Lord, that this, your word, shapes our thinking, shapes our words, shapes our mouth. Lord, that this study shapes the way we see life. Lord, that we don't look at the giants in our life. We don't look at the obstacles in our life independent of you. But we look at the giants, we look at the obstacles, we look at the difficulties facing us knowing that you are on our side. God, direct and guide us this week as we live in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the Christian Ministries Church weekly podcast. Join us next week in our Heroes of Faith series as we minister on Ezra and Nehemiah.